Hey, Michelle. Hi, Josh. Both as a citizen of the United States of America and as a minister of a very large church, I'm guessing you're both excited and a little squeamish that we're heading into another general election year in 2024. You would be absolutely right. <laughs> I love the I love to see the workings of our government in as far as being a citizen and watch uh, what's going to happen with great interest and um, and I also feel concerned about being in our community and watching how sometimes these great debates uh, divide people up and cause people such anxiety and concern. And I'm concerned as a spiritual leader about how we can help people through this time. Yes, I, I think well said. I, I always go back to, to Socrates. I think I probably quoted this quote in a podcast not that long ago, but he says, your weak minds discuss people, meager minds discuss events, and great minds discuss ideas. Yeah. And what I love about our church is we're here to discuss ideas. Right. Uh, what happens when we die? What does it mean to live a meaningful life? How do we care for each other and, mm-hmm. and govern? And I'm not saying outside of church that people are all in gossip and events, but <laughs> that's the way that we look at our politics today. We talk about people. We talk shit on them. Yeah. We yeah. put them down. Right. Um, I hate this person. I hate that person. And that's not how we talk about people here. Mm-mm. And so it's hard for someone to come to church and then have this this political way of talking things yeah. and, and bring it together. And, you know, we're a purple congregation, but we have yeah. very strong Republicans, very strong liberals. And I remember one of the hardest things for me was, you know, going to meet a disaffected mile higher because they had uh, mentioned supporting Trump, you know, on their mm-hmm. social media mm-hmm. and had practitioners and really nice mile hires uh, let them know where to stick it and let right. them know what they thought of, of Trump. And, and it wasn't that Yo, my friend didn't have the right to vote for Trump, and my other friend didn't have the right to mm-hmm. uh, not like Trump. But it, it was that communication got mm-hmm. so soured, we forgot about the ideas and got into pushing other people down to lift themselves up. And that is not what I'm looking forward no, to no. as we step into this next year. It's not what we're about. And I, I think that one of the greatest things that I've always loved about this teaching and this church in particular, I arrived here, as I know you did, at Huntington Beach as a teenager. And as a teenager, I didn't want anybody telling me what to think. And I still don't. I don't want people telling me what to think. I want people showing me how to think. I want people inviting me to be a critical thinker. I want people inviting me to evolve. But I think what you're talking about is when people express what they think and then get attacked for it, that's the stuff that we we as a country and we as a teaching, that's not what we're about. We are not about that at all. We are all about, hey, think what you want to think. Know that there are consequences. If you're constantly thinking critically of yourself and others, there will be consequences in your life, but don't attack people for their thoughts. And that's what really is more disturbing than some of the the politicians that are out there sometimes doing what they're mm-hmm. doing and saying what they're saying. It's watching the negative way we treat each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you know, I wonder sometimes the sense of dread that so many of us have is self-inflicted. Yeah. You know, shouldn't yeah. we be excited for the future of our country? And if we mm-hmm. don't like our candidates, guess what? Right. Don't vote for them. Right, exactly. Uh, and there's that aspect there. And 
you know, I'm kind of a political junkie on the individual front. I love paying attention and, uh, you know, I feel lucky to be more centrist. So there's Republicans Mm -hmm. I like and Mm -hmm. and liberals that I like and especially independents that I like. So I like watching all of that. And as I think we'll get to in a minute, I love the the questions in collective consciousness that general elections and things bring up for us like ageism or things like that that I know we're going to talk about in a moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But the thing, and maybe this is the political part of me as a minister, is I'm very pro-institution. I believe that our American institutions are very sacred. And I think, you know, as we move into the election year, of course, I won't be endorsing any candidate, Mm -hmm. nor does Mile High do that or any Mm -hmm. legislation. But I do think, Michelle, that I really want to focus in on encouraging folks to see our institutions as sacred. That doesn't mean that the people in them are sacred or need to be right. trusted. But when mm-hmm. I hear from the right and the Trumpism, this idea of don't trust in your government, mm-hmm. or this is corrupt, mm-hmm. or this is evil, or this mm-hmm. is the swamp, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get the mm-hmm. idea that there are people out of integrity out there, yes. but that doesn't mean that our branches of government should be put down and torn down. Right. And when I hear it on the left, this idea that this institution itself is racist, Right, right or right. versus this person in the institution yeah, did yeah. something really racist. I'm watchful of that too, yeah. and you know, almost like the Buddha, I, I encourage us to have that middle way. Mm-hmm. Be a good liberal. Be a good conservative. Bring your ideas, mm-hmm. not your talking shit about people, because yeah, yeah. I don't want anything to do with that. And let the best idea win. But I, what I don't want to see in our country, Michelle, and that scares me, is this idea that our country is bad, that our institutions are broken, mm-hmm. uh, and that we're headed to hell in a handbasket. Mm-hmm. I think we can bring an idealism that says, let's reform right. our institutions, let's right. bring better people in them, and let's include more people in the process so that we can talk about injustice uh, and we can talk about government waste mm-hmm. and we can talk about um, politicians misusing their power mm-hmm. uh, and, and yet realize that these are not partisan issues, but they're collective American issues that because we're so one-sided and putting other people down, we're not able to address. And I think we're mature enough people to be able to do those things. I think we are too, yeah. And I think that it... it takes a toll. I, I recently, there's a congregant of ours who um, is in politics and, and is a friend of mine, and I recently met with her. And to hear about the things that she goes through and the ways that just trying to uh, serve our the great state of Colorado, uh, the ways that she gets, uh, try people try to take her down, the ways that people the things people say about her that that and i think that she expressed very much what you are expressing like i'm all for hearing the ideas for having the conversations for uh doing the best thing but pe- but the public doesn't realize sometimes the deep dark details that are going on in a bill like the thickness of the bill and i didn't vote for it and because i didn't vote for it they're mad at me but there's all these other things that would really hurt people mm. and that's why i didn't vote for it mm-hmm. and so it's like we were talking about the power of representative government too in trusting in our leaders but at the same time i totally hear what you're saying about questioning with respect tell me more about why you did that tell me more about how come you didn't vote for that but it's just it was just so fascinating to hear what she's going through. And I really, my heart went out to her that, and all of the politicians in every uh, party who are 
very much, very often, I trust good people wanting to do good things on behalf of this great country who get so caught up in the the craze, the craziness. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, I sympathize with those who say, you know, Biden's an idiot and Trump's right. a maniac. Right. Yes. What yes. are we supposed to do? And again, we don't know who our candidates are going to be, <laughs> and and uh, they can express those. And yet, you know, the, it saddens me when so much of the partisanship is a, is not about voting for anything; uh, it's voting yeah. against. I and know. Yes. I really uh-huh. respect, and and it is a, a terrible thing we've had. You know, congregants here run for office on both sides. Sometimes yes. they win, sometimes they lose. Yes. And unfortunately, part of the process for them is they get put down in some ways, mm-hmm. no matter what. When wasn't there a time when when we would admire answering the call to <laughs> to public service? And right. so, I, it's not you know. I think we need to be discerning always, but I think there's something about having some idealism and giving some mm-hmm. people the benefit of the doubt and not just judging them because they have a D or R next to their name, which is so much of what we do right. today. And uh, that benefit of the doubt extends also to people of all ages. You mentioned ageism is something we wanted to lean into today. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we believe in our teaching of the collective consciousness. Right. And so this may uh, cause some people to drop out of their chair. But <laughs> when we have a, a president of the United States, there's always that part of me that doesn't say, oh, they represent me or not. But in a sense, they represent all of us. And so you'll look at a character of uh, Bill Clinton or mm-hmm. George W. Bush or Barack Obama or Donald Trump, and you know how do they represent who we are mm-hmm. as a country, for better or for worse? And there are always interesting country, uh, questions in our country that come up in these elections, and one of them that I know is going to be in the forefront this year is about age. Uh, you know, our President uh, Biden is older. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, former President Trump is older. Mm-hmm. Um, more and more, you know, the majority of the Senate and Congress is, I'm guessing, well over 65, 70. We have mm-hmm. uh, uh, Congress people in their 90s. Right. And the question is, how old is too old to mm-hmm. uh, serve? And sometimes in a mean kind yes, of way. Exactly. We hear people saying, you know, I'm not going to vote for you because you are of an older age. Uh, or sometimes someone says, you know, there are are things that come with older age, mm-hmm. sometimes not always being able to complete every sentence you want to say or some forgetfulness. But at the same time, you can get a lot of things done in a right. positive way. So right. uh, I know there's not a question there, but mm-hmm. I'm interested in hearing your thoughts. Well, firstly, I th- I will say that having um, talked to so many people in politics and honestly watching the West Wing over and over and over again, my perception is the president of themselves doesn't have as much power as we ascribe them Mm. to have. Their power really exists in the people that they put around them. Even you and I here, we're the lead ministers, right? But we've got all these great teams of people who come to us and share their ideas and who help boss us, us to, around. Yeah, who boss us around and who, who, who are often the executors of the things that we've all collectively decided to do on our behalf often. And I think it's true of our president. So number one, I think that um, a president often shines to the degree that they have surrounded themselves with a variety of people of all ages, of all backgrounds, of all diverse uh, race, racial profiles and gender profiles and all that, because they then get a good sense of um, the voices. And I think that the the chief of staff has a huge amount of power that we, uh, we don't look at a lot in this election process. And so I think, um, as I think when it comes down, though, to the bottom line of ageism, 
it's the same thing for me about everything. Age is in the mind of the person. Age is a state of mind, not a state of a number. Um, and and I do think that um, that it, it goes both ways. Sometimes we discount people because they're too young, like those young men who uh, who served who got kicked out of oh, their jobs. They, yeah, yeah, they were so young, and a lot of times they got discounted for being young, not only for the issues, the racial issues that were going on there, but I think that we let age dictate way too much overall in life. And and in this case, I would say that would be the same too here. Yeah. And you, uh, well, I love what you're saying. And, and mm. can't we embrace a country that has multi-generational yep. uh, leadership? And yeah. and it's interesting, you know, I think of the Senate Majority Leader, mm-hmm. Mitch McConnell, too, has been caught yes. on camera, you know, kind yes. of freezing up. And yet, you know, his Republican colleagues say he's the same Mitchie's ever been and right. really effective. And I also think there's there's the simple recognition that, that age does have its consequences of and course. there are things that show up, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily speak to someone's capacity to overall leadership and the mm-hmm. way that they mm-hmm. support themselves. And so mm-hmm. um, is age a, a question, something should, people should think about when they're voting? Absolutely. Yes. But I also think it can be discriminatory I if we're too. not careful. Mm-hmm. And you know, our community, we have a lot of um, elders here, a lot of people mm-hmm. who we might like to say aren't growing older, but they're older and growing. They're deepening, right, in right. their in in their life. And the stories I hear from them of how they might be treated mm-hmm. um, in applying for a new job mm-hmm. or things like that. There is something I think in our society the stigma of you're too old for this or you're not going to understand this, right. and it's kind of heartbreaking to see. And it so it's not that people shouldn't be discerning, but I invite us to be to be watchful of that and to mm-hmm. realize that one of the things that we're called to as our baby boomer um, uh, grow and grow, as our country mm-hmm. gets grayer and grayer, mm-hmm. is the simple truth, is, is what does it mean to live a meaningful life um, contributing in your 70s right. and in your 80s uh, in different ways? Does it need to look different than mm-hmm. when you're 45 and 50? It absolutely does. But yes. let's create the pathways for that and not let it be the only thing that dictates our, our decision. And so when we associate being older with being senile mm-hmm. or being forgetful as opposed to being wise. Right, right. <laughs> being yes. thoughtful. Yes. And maybe sometimes when we slow down a little bit, mm-hmm. we speed up right. <laughs> and we're able to to make more decisions. And so um, I get both sides of it, but I think mm-hmm. that this this positive side of being older is missing mm-hmm. in this discussion and it can come forward. Um, and and of course, you know, age age isn't a partisan issue. <laughs> it no, shows up no, in all these yeah. different ways. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I appreciate, you you know, being a minister, you know, my mentors and heroes have generally been in their 80s and 90s. Yes. They're often women mm-hmm, who've lived mm-hmm. hard lives, sometimes been married several times, put up with so much <laughs> crap from so many people, and they get it. You know, yeah. and they, they, it's them who have taught me uh, how to slow down better and yeah. how to love and how to um, even work through the challenges of life with a sense of tenacity and still with grace and and joy. And mm-hmm. so I'm all for embracing our elders. Does that mean I mean you'll vote for everyone for president? No, that's not what I'm saying. But mm-hmm. I think it's poor, important to think about that. And when we're talking about it with friends and loved ones, to be conscious of some of the negative associations that are discriminatory against those who are older. 
I would agree. And I think that at any age, what really um, causes me to have great respect for someone in any field is experience. And so um, even though I don't always agree with every politician and like you, I'm more of a centrist and having lived in Arizona for many years, had great respect for a number of of, um, Republican politicians, for example, John McCain, who in his older years of serving was a a great legislator. He knew how he knew the system. He knew how politics worked. He knew how to work with people. Um, I would say the same thing of Joe Biden. He's been in politics for so many years that these these older politicians to me bring great experience that that I respect and that I think can serve us and serve our country in powerful ways. Yeah, and I respect you know just this week you know Mitt Romney, uh, yes, first term another one, uh, right senator there, yeah. from, from Utah, yes. you know, announced that he isn't running and and right. because he thought it was time to let new people uh, in, which yeah. I thought was very admirable and mm-hmm. sending a message out there. I also think he might have been a little bored in that Senate. He's he's a very yeah, qualified yeah. qualified person and with a lot going on. He seems kind of upset with some of the people in his party and well, how they've been a little been, they've been a little hard on they've him been hard too. On him. Uh, Absolutely. Yes, mm-hmm. and, and uh, but you know, a brilliant and and you know, man of great character for sure. And yet, I, I got that point too of let's mm-hmm. let the new generation stick in. And so mm-hmm. I know when I'm voting this year, I'm also going to not make the point of just voting for someone because they're no. older. But mm-hmm. I'm going to listen to those younger voices too, who have a lot to say. But to be honest, I'm glad that they're going to have some elders around them, right. <laughs> so that they're right. they you know, realize that the the universe did exist before they showed up here. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're you're also talking about something that maybe we can discuss at a future podcast, being a conscientious voter. And, yes. And really, really looking into the issues and the people and looking beyond all these surfacey things that we're talking about and looking deeper into things that allow you to vote in ways that match your values. Well, I love that. I love the richness mm-hmm. of this discussion. Me and too. just to remind all of our listeners, if there's you know anything that you have a problem with or a complaint about, you can always email Barry Ebert. <laughs> Idea. <laughs> Michelle, we're heading into October. Anything that you're looking forward to uh, the, uh, in October at Mile High? I love um, the Adventure in Faith series. I, I know that you and your wonderful committee and team have been putting some great plans together. I love that we do small groups during Adventure in Faith. I think it's a great time for people to have a deeper connection, especially going into the holidays and here in Colorado as it's getting colder and and we're more indoors or you can get a, a group online. It's a really great way to be in resonance with other people. And so the series, the Sundays, the small group materials, all that is really exciting. Plus, it's going to be trunk or treat here. Uh, we don't call it that anymore, though, do we? We call it the I harvest. Fall fest. Fall but fest. it is. It is what it is. Yeah. But it's, I'm it's putting my car in it, yeah. and I and I have music playing, and I get to d- dress up and hand out candy here at Mile High to the kids on October 14th. So I'm looking forward to that. That is awesome. And then mm-hmm. you know, November 3rd, uh, yes. Dan Harris, our renowned speaker event program. Sometimes with those, it doesn't even matter who's speaking. It's just so fun <laughs> to have these elegant you know, Friday night events that you host yes. for us here, Michelle. But Dan Harris in particular, going to be a great presenter yes. here. I'm looking forward to him. His 10% Happier presentation. He's an expert not only in world events like we're talking about, having been a reporter, but also now through his own life experience, really into mindfulness and meditation and has a a very popular podcast and a great book called 10% Happier. So we are so looking forward to having him. Yeah, you can come to Mile High and see him, or you can watch it online as well. Uh, Go to milehighchurch.org. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you.